0: You're listening to another episode of the Zag Eric Soap here. Excited to be joined by Ashley Shaw. She's a 2020 NLC Virginia Fellow. It's always fun to catch up with folks who are currently in our program. And we'll have some conversations with her about what she thinks of the experience so far, what she thinks of living on the East Coast versus West Coast, all that good stuff. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Ashley, we were chatting before we started recording. So you used to live on the West Coast for a little bit. Tell folks about where and, and why why you're out here.
1: Uh, yeah, so I lived on the West Coast for about a year and a half. Uh, I was in San Francisco, um, so enjoyed the fall weather all year long. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm originally from the East Coast. I grew up in Virginia Beach, um, moved to D.C. after school, and then moved out to the West Coast for a little bit, and now I'm back in Virginia.
0: we were joking, too, about an ill-fated, quote-unquote, ill-fated podcast that you had. Tell tell me a little bit more about what the podcast was about and how come we can't listen to it anymore.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's still up, if I remember. Um, It it was a podcast called The Happenings Podcast, um, and it was essentially about uh, reviewing different arts and culture experiences around uh, the D.C., Virginia region. Um, and the reason I had to stop it was because I tore my ACL last year, uh, and just couldn't, couldn't physically get around to all the places that I needed to get to. So, Mm. um, that is why we had to end it, but it was a really fun experience and I highly recommend.
0: Do you feel like people listen to podcasts more or read books more now?
1: Um, I think it depends on the person. Um, Mm. I find that I do a little bit of both, but I do both of those things at different times. So I find that my mornings are usually devoted to podcasts and my evenings are usually devoted to books.
0: And you've had a lot of your your mornings since 2020 started devoted to NLC. What was the motivation for applying to the program in the first place and, and what kind of things have surprised you about actually doing it once it started in January?
1: yeah so I decided to apply because um I was looking for uh first of all a group of people uh and friends as they've become uh that share a similar mindset and are chasing after their dreams uh and essentially just hustling to get get things done and create change and create progress so um when I came across n l c uh I actually found out about it through an old professor. Uh, which was a great way to hear about it. It was, it was nice to hear from my old professor. Um, but I uh, found out about it uh, and applied. And so far, I've loved it. The, the weekends that we, the Institute weekends that we get together are nothing short of fun and exhausting because you're covering a lot of ground and a lot of information and talking about a lot of heavy and uh important things uh, and those are the conversations that we need to have so um, that's been my experience so far
0: and i was curious talking to to current fellows especially this year being an election year so the last one i was actually leading our institute out here in la Mm -hmm. and it was pre-trump obviously people didn't realize what what fate was awaiting us a couple months after the institute ended Uh, but it was interesting to watch some of the energy around Bernie and people who supported Hillary and those conversations slash debates slash fights every now and then are the same things happening with your group. Now, do you see some of the similar camps developing that we're seeing nationally? What's been the vibe about the primary?
1: Huh? That's a really interesting question, especially cause it is Virginia and Virginia as everyone knows has recently turned blue Uh, and hopefully we'll keep it that way. Um, But you know, now that I think about it, I don't know if we've actually really gotten into it, uh, at least as a group. I know I've had a few conversations here and there with folks and people generally are are leaning in the same direction and, and towards the same candidates. I'm I'm being evasive because I, I don't actually quite know and I don't feel confident enough to say, you know, like a majority of us are leaning for Bernie or, you know, or Warren or whatever. Um So I wonder if we'll start getting into it more this next institute. We'll we'll be meeting at the beginning of March, um, just because now that we have a, you know, the Iowa caucus has happened and Nevada happened, New Hampshire happened. So I wonder um, if we'll start chatting about that more.
0: And then folks in the state, how do they answer the question about why Virginia turned blue in 2018 is there a short answer is it a long complicated series of events that takes forever to explain what's the (laughs) usual what's the usual explanation for that
1: um so I full disclosure I don't work in politics um so I think as an outsider kind of paying attention to Virginia politics and having been a part of the state for so long and just seeing the changes that have happened I think if you like for a a solid answer, you would probably need to look at the big, complicated uh series of events that have been happening for decades and and just what the shifts have been. But I will say that I think um, in the last i I would say maybe decades since I've been you know able to vote and able to be involved, um I know that there's just this energy. Uh, of people looking for change and younger folks just getting more involved and really pushing and fighting and um, having their voices heard.
0: And when folks ask you what you do do for a living, mm-hmm. honestly, I was trying to deduce it by reading your NLC bio. and I, I have some guess, but I think you probably can explain <laughs> it better. How do you... Usually, answer that question.
1: Sure. So, I full time work in government contracting. Uh, we primarily work um, with the Navy, so DoD, Department of Defense, um, and with the government contracting firm that I'm with, uh, I do primarily business development and marketing. So, essentially, what that means is talking to different agencies. Uh, again, focusing on Department of Defense, um, talking to different different agencies to see what their needs are and how we as a firm can meet those needs and potentially use our services to help against those goals. And so the company I work with, we primarily focus on environmental remediation, uh, which I'm not an environmental scientist or an engineer, so I can't give you all the nitty gritty details. But essentially, uh, we do a lot of the cleanup that is needed uh, and has been needed for decades at naval sites. So that's what I do in my full time. Um, But I also have this separate, I guess, side hustle, uh, if you want to call it that, uh, in the visual arts. And so um, I studied art history in undergrad and have always managed to try to stay in touch with the arts in whatever city I live in, or, you know, in some capacity, stay connected. And since I've been back on the East Coast, uh, now it's been about a little over three years, um, I've been trying out different things in my community and I'm making my goal uh, to essentially increase diversity and inclusivity, specifically in the visual arts space. Um, and it's been an interesting challenge, but it's it's fun to connect with different parts in the community, whether it's galleries, museums, other artists, uh, business professionals that want to get in touch with the arts, uh, different nonprofit boards, um, you know, even the city governments to see how we can kind of collaborate and mesh and uh, coalesce all these different groups into something that's really productive for the community.
0: We'll talk a little bit more about arts in Virginia when we come back after the break. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Zag with Athlete Shaw. We'll be right back. So, when you're trying to tackle this this problem of diversity and representation in the visual arts, there's so many different ways you could approach it. Like how do you How do you decide where to start first?
1: Oh, the million dollar question, right? Um, so, I. I haven't quite well let me take that back I have figured out where my strengths are in terms of how to tackle it but I think when I first started really exploring this question I was really just trying to get a landscape uh or lay the land and try to figure out what the landscape is and I was finding that um a lot of folks talk about it and everyone is aware that the arts industry does lack in diversity um but you don't necessarily see uh, the advancements happening on a regular basis. So um, part of that was trying to just figure out what the, the current landscape is. And now I'm kind of at a point where I have a few years of professional experience under my belt, uh, primarily in the business world. And I'm trying to figure out a way to connect um, artists with business professionals Um, and give a lot of these artists that, uh, are, are more diverse and may not have access to the resources, um, give them the tools to essentially fight for themselves and, um, and, and really market themselves in a way that Mm -hmm. allows them to get involved in these spaces where they traditionally aren't represented.
0: You know, last thing, what do you feel like people misunderstand about Virginia in general?
1: Um, huh, that's an interesting question. Um, what do people misunderstand? I think Virginia has a lot of different kinds of people, uh, that pe that a lot of the rest of the country might not know about. So for example, I I think, I mean, when I moved to San Francisco, there were folks that had never been to Virginia. I mean, you know, usually you think of New York, maybe you think of Florida, Um, And so Virginia gets this rep for being a super Southern state, which it is in a lot of ways, but I think there's been a lot of change um, in the last few decades where there's, especially in the last decade where there's an influx of younger folks moving to cities like Richmond and Norfolk. And then you get to Northern Virginia and it's right outside of DC, which is a super progressive area um, minus the current administration. Uh, (laughs) And, and I think there I think there's just a lot of different people and initiatives and things happening all over the state. Um, and then I think also, uh, for someone like me, who's lived in the more, you know, metropolitan areas of the state, we, something that we did for our first weekend in the institution was go to Southwest Virginia, which I have gone maybe twice in my entire life. And it's the same state. So, um, Even for me, who's lived here mostly my entire life, uh, there's parts of the state I know close to nothing about. Um, So it's a really, really diverse state, even though it's not as big as states like California, I guess. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, sounds good. uh, With the nominations now open for fellows for next year, for 2021, Mm -hmm. which is kind of hard to believe or... You know, almost nine months away from that. But if you were trying to pitch the program or the experience to someone in Virginia who was considering it or listening to this podcast, what are one or two things you feel like you would say first to make sure that they consider the program and then turned in an application?
1: Um, I, a few things. Um, I haven't felt this inspired in a really long time. Um, I think the group of people that came together into our cohort, um, is just a really fascinating group of people. Uh, It's an incredibly humbling experience. Um, I I am just always in awe of the people around me. Um, And so that's one thing. I just, I think it's a huge dose of inspiration, especially if you're kind of like, ah, man, the political environment is killing me. (laughs) Let me me get inspired again. Um, So that's one thing. And I think the other thing that I wasn't necessarily expecting, but I've pleasantly found um, is just this group of uh, just a new support group uh, and a group of people that are really encouraging me uh, and, and fighting for me to accomplish the dreams that I want to. So um, I think it really, for me, boils down to the people that are there. um, And it, and it creates this environment that's really great for learning and, for just kind of growing your mind and um, getting to new places. And so shameless plug, do it.
0: (laughs) Well said, put it, put it on the Canva ad. We'll get it up on Instagram tomorrow. That sounds good. Listen, thanks for coming on. It's great to hear your story. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Zag. Make sure to catch all past episodes featuring other amazing progressives from across the country. Get those in all the places where you find your podcast. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, Google, they're all there. Short and sweet episodes. Make sure to check them out. So until next time, catch you soon.